Peter learned a very important lesson. Don't call unclean what God calls clean. Very interesting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hemp. And I'm Jess. And this is Bible Discovery TV as we discover the Word of God or the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. We do that, and this is going to be exciting. About three minutes, we'll cover Acts chapter 11. It's going to be a good one today. Corey and Ryan are here. Corey? We're taking a look at a prison on the Temple Mount. Ryan? Today, I'm going to show how Jacob's twin brother Esau is connected to the Herod that we read about in Acts chapter 12. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating stuff. They're coming up in about 12 minutes time, so stay around for that. Janice, in about 15 minutes time, what are you doing? Today, God's grace. All right, very good. So if you don't have a Bible guide, don't worry, we'll tell you how to get one in just a moment. But let's turn our Bible guide open today and let's begin to study Acts chapter 11 and listen to what God has said through his wonderful word. Acts 11, 1 through 14. Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, You went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air, and I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, who said to him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. Acts chapter 11, chapter 12, and chapter 13. You know, it sounds great that the kingdom of God will grow and expand. It does. Warms our hearts. Gets us excited. Until, until we realize the kingdom of God is going to include people that we don't like. Wait a minute or even that we deem unworthy. Well, thankfully, God is not bound by our human traditions and thinking that we find ourselves bound with. God will challenge our ungodly ideas and will replace them with his own ideas as we follow him and learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. In today's reading, 
we see the apostle Peter needing to be taught a similar lesson. God's kingdom would expand to the Gentiles, but in a way that would seem unacceptable to Jewish customs of Peter and the rest of the church. Gentiles could maintain their culture, not become Jewish, and yet still become Christians, Christ followers. They did not have to follow the Mosaic law in order to follow Jesus. Now, to many, this would be challenging news. So God prepared the way for Peter to accept it. And it was truly interesting to accept the good news. Now, this is really challenging for Peter because he's a wonderful Jew and he is forgiven by God. Uh, you know, God comes to him at the end of John and, and he says, now, I want to tell you three times, love my, feed my sheep and love my people. And uh, Peter says at the end of it, he says, Lord, you know, I do what's wrong. And he doesn't understand that, that he denied Christ three times and God is restoring him. So God gets him ready. And then now God does something else to him. This is interesting. All right. Take your Bible guide and turn to it. The kingdom of God. Very important. It's not the kingdom of man or the kingdom of your church or the kingdom of that church or the kingdom of the church over there on, or down behind you down the street. It's the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. Turn your Bible guide to this. Acts chapter 11, 1 to 14. If you don't have a Bible guide, call us or write to us. We'll send you one or go to Bible Discovery TV and you can download it as we printed it. Very, very important and interesting. Father, I pray today, as we look at the word of God, that you would reveal into our hearts what you're saying. In the name of Jesus Christ, help us to hear you as you speak, Holy Spirit, and help us to change. In Jesus' wonderful and glorious name, and we said together, amen. All right, let's focus on the scripture because this is important. Acts chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? And Peter, verse 2, Peter came up to Jerusalem. Those of the circumcision then contended with him, saying, you went into the uncircumcised men and you ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning saying, gentlemen, I was in the city of Joppa praying and into a trance I saw a vision. An object descended like a great sheet and it let down from heaven by four corners and it came to me. When I observed it, I intently, when I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts and creeping things and birds of the air and I heard a voice saying to me, rise and Peter, kill and eat. But I said, no, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven. What God has called clean, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. You know, this is really interesting. Peter learned that we have no right to call what God has cleansed common or unclean. <laughs> Many times our church traditions do not fit with God's kingdom. Many times our church traditions just don't fit with God's kingdom. 
It's true. <laughs> we, we get, you know, I, th this is the Jewish side, but Christians, we do the same thing. We need to stop it. And we need to understand that Jesus Christ is after people. All right, this gets interesting. Let's go on because Acts chapter 11, verse 10 says this. Now, this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesar. Oh my goodness, this is interesting. God finished confronting Peter at the precise time three men stood waiting at his door. Timing is everything. The Lord's plans and timing are always perfect. The Lord's plans and timing are always perfect. Timing is everything, isn't it? God has perfect timing. And if we read the scripture and get our time set up with God's timing, then we understand. There's a lot of people making up all kinds of things about what's going to happen, what's going to take place. What does the Bible say? We listen to prophetic messages and we, we have to hear the word of God. What does it say? That's where we direct our attention. Very interesting. All right, let's read on because this gets really fascinating now. Acts chapter 11, verses 12 to 14. What does it say? Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren from Caesar accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all of your household will be saved. <laughs> Again, this is important. God calls us to tell all people about Jesus Christ. All people! It is, it is not our traditions that we need to impart to other cultures. It is the love of Christ and the desires to follow God's truth. It is the love of Christ and the desire to follow God's truth. So whatever culture you're watching me in, I have certain things that we've done because of technology and where we're at and all of that. I don't want you to see that. I want to tell you something. God loves you where you are with what you have. God desires to save you. God's desire is for you. You don't have to make any customs. I'm white, but you can be dark. You can, it doesn't matter. Jesus loves you. Come to Jesus Christ. Come to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Help me to follow you. I need you in my life today. I knew you died on the cross and you rose again in the flesh. And as I pray today, I need you in my heart, in my life. My family needs you. My spouse needs you. My children need you. My friends need you. We need your help today, especially with everything going on. Help us today, Lord Jesus. And this is what we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all said together, all of us, amen, or make it so. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. 
That's right, on your phone, your iPhone, or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. All right, so today I wanna to take a look at the Antonia Fortress. Now, this was built by Herod the Great. We're gonna learn about it, but it comes into play a few times in Acts. For sure, you know, in this segment, I'm gonna talk about how it was absolutely Paul's prison later on in Acts when Paul comes to Jerusalem and he's arrested. And we even read about the Roman guards having to usher him away because he's gonna be uh, beaten up by the crowd, potentially killed by the crowd. But potentially also it was the prison of Peter recorded in Acts chapter 12 where it's said that Peter was put under the care of four squads of soldiers. It sounds a lot like Roman soldiers that were stationed in the Antonia Fortress. Take a look. The Antonia Fortress in Jerusalem is thought to have been Herod the Great's first massive building project. He would have completed it sometime before 31 BC because he named it after his friend and ally, Mark Antony, who was defeated in battle in 31 BC. After this defeat, Herod had to decisively maneuver to stay on the winning side of the world's shifting politics and likely would not have named anything after his disgraced friend. The Antonia Fortress was built close to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem and is believed to have incorporated the earlier Baris Fortress built by the Hasmonean rulers. The location of the fortress was just to the northwest of the Temple Mount and served to protect the city from its naturally weak northern perimeter. When Herod constructed the Antonia, he had not yet expanded or rebuilt the Temple Mount, but he surely must have had at least preliminary plans. Herod built the Antonia on a natural outcropping of rock that was higher than the Temple Mount. This fortress would guard the city and the Temple Mount. It was roughly square in shape with a tower at each corner. Its southeastern tower that overlooked the temple was built 20 cubits taller than the other towers, giving a better view of the Temple Mount. According to the first century historian Josephus, the Antonia intersected Herod's renovated Temple Mount, and staircases descending from it led to the north and west covered porticos of the temple. This makes sense because when Herod renovated the temple, he extended the mountain's area to the north, west, and south, closing the gap between the original Temple Mount and the Antonia Fortress. Josephus also tells us that in the first century AD, a cohort of Roman soldiers were permanently stationed in the Antonia. Its multiple rooms, courtyards, and Roman baths would have easily facilitated them. These details are all very important to students of the Bible because they enable us to identify the Antonia as the place of Paul's Jerusalem imprisonment. Acts chapter 21 records Paul being confronted by an angry mob who were convinced that he had brought a Gentile into the temple. They dragged him out of the temple complex and began to beat him, but the noise of the crowd alerted the Roman troops who, according to Josephus, lived in the Antonia adjacent to where this mob found Paul. The Roman commander intervened and saved Paul by arresting him, and when he couldn't make sense of the mob's accusations, he ordered Paul taken to the barracks. When they reached the steps, the soldiers had to carry Paul up them, 
because the crowd was violently trying to take him back or kill him. The Roman barracks should historically be seen as the Antonia, and the biblical detail of having to go upstairs to reach them seems to verify this. So there we go, uh, a really interesting place that I, I think should be better known in studies of Acts because it really does give us some of the geography, uh, the you know the, the cityscape that the apostles were dealing with. Very interesting, Corey. And as we study through Acts, we need to learn this material, the extra material, so that we understand what we're studying. Yeah. Otherwise, we don't get it. Very good. Excellent. Right. All right. Well, today we read about the death of Herod in Acts chapter 12. And in my segment, I want to show how his line goes right back to Jacob's twin brother, Esau. And to do that, we're going to have to go back to Genesis 24. So let's go. With failing vision, the elderly Isaac inadvertently blesses his younger son Jacob rather than the intended recipient, Esau, his firstborn. And he declares over him first a promise of agricultural prosperity. May God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. And then a promise of lordship. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. And finally, to connect this patriarchal blessing with the Abrahamic covenant, Isaac declares, Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. When Esau learns that all of this has been promised to Jacob, he bitterly wails and laments, and demands a blessing from his father. While there is a blessing given to Esau at this point, and while the first part of it appears to be identical to Jacob's blessing in some translations of the Bible, it is in fact the opposite of what was promised to his younger brother. For example, a few English translations of the Bible render the Hebrew in the following verse this way, Behold, Esau, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. But the grammatical elements present in the Hebrew text means it should be read this way. Behold, your dwelling shall be away from the fatness of the earth and away from the dew of heaven. So since Esau's place is away from this and away from that, Esau will not inherit the land. Whatever his blessing, it will be away from the land. He will not be the inheritor of it. Jacob will be. Isaac then continues his blessing of Esau and makes three specific prophecies regarding his nation Edom. The first is, by your sword you shall live. In other words, he will sustain himself by plunder and he will live the life of a marauding dwelling nation. One example of the fulfillment of this is in Numbers chapter 20. The second prophecy is, and you shall serve your brother Jacob. This also came to pass since Edom was defeated by Saul and then subjugated by David. There was also a failed revolt under Solomon. Edom did rebel against Joram, but was subdued again by Amaziah. The third prophecy Jacob made was, And it shall come to pass, when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. As previously mentioned, this break happened first under Joram, and then under Ahaz. In subsequent history, when the Jews went into Babylonian captivity, the Edomites left their territory at Mount Seir in the Transjordan and moved to the southern part of Judah, where they became known as Idumeans. 
In addition, later these Idumeans were conquered by one of the descendants of the Maccabees, John Hyrcanos, who conquered them in 129 BC, forcibly converted them to Judaism, and then incorporated Idumea into the Jewish Judean state. Eventually, these converted Idumeans produced the dynastic rule of the House of Herod. So as you can see, when you track Esau's family history, you realize that it produced the Herodic line. And Herod's attitude and actions toward the church reminds me a lot of the attitude and actions that his ancient ancestors had against the Israelites. And you can read all about that in the Old Testament. But as we read about in today's reading, it was Herod's prideful attitude and actions that ultimately led to his untimely death. It's not a good idea to oppose God or his work. In fact, there is a lot of people opposing the work of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church is not here to push a political agenda or something. The church is here to win people to, to God's kingdom through the gospel of Jesus Christ, to let people know about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason for the church. So the church is the people, and uh, we need to mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Very good, Ryan. Thank you so much. Janice. You know, there's something about this wrestling. When we give our lives to the Lord Jesus and um, you know, oftentimes when we come to the Lord later in our life, um, we have patterns that we've established in our own lives, propensities that we've, that we've grown inside of us. And when we come to the Lord, we, we find that we, we're submitting our lives to His will and to His word and to His way. And sometimes it doesn't line up with how we've acted, how we've responded how we've just done things over time. And while it would be comfortable for us to stay there, that's not following Jesus, is it? That's choosing our own way and asking God to modify his commands to line up with our lives. And that's not the right way. Rod, oftentimes when you start your teaching and you pray uh, before we open the word, that, that we will be able to receive the word that we don't come to it looking to change the word, but that God's word would come to change us. And I look at this, Peter defends God's grace here because um, we learn that salvation is going to come not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. Praise the Lord. Mm. Praise Amen. the Lord. Mm -hmm. Amen. And what an amazing gift. This is God's grace. Mm -hmm. We don't deserve it but yet it comes. And we learn here with Peter, Peter had such a strong personality and, and we see that God sends this vision to Peter. And again, it's in threes, this thing with threes and Peter, but he, he sees these, these animals. He says, I saw four footed animals of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Well, Peter has been raised a Jew. There are unclean things that we don't eat because we are doing this to honor God. And now I'm being told, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, but I said, not so Lord for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. And, and, and I love how Peter's like, this is clearly a test. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. This is a test. Right? Typical Peter. I just, I, I love it. I just love it. And, and so three times yeah. he sees this, right? That's three how times, I am too, right? by the way. This is a test, isn't this it? Is a yeah. Test. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should I, how should I answer this? No, that is so good. Thank you for bringing that up. That is so true. And so he's like, nope, not so Lord for nothing. And then 
what does God say? He says, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> Wrong it, answer. It was a different kind of test. <laughs> it was a different kind oh. of test. And, and so I, I look at this and Peter is learning. Mm-hmm. He's learning. He did everything right. Mm-hmm. He did according to the Mosaic law. He, he hadn't eaten anything unclean. He hadn't, and he was doing this for God's service. But now God is saying, look, listen, I've done the work. This is my work. What I have cleansed is clean. What I have called is clean. And that includes me. I'm a Gentile. Mm -hmm. And I say, thank you, Jesus, for including me. Thank you for including us in your calling. It It is God in his merciful love, in his amazing grace that none of us, none of us are deserving of what he has done for us because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it's only through the shedding of blood that those sins could be forgiven. And Jesus Christ paid that price. He did the work. He did the work. And Peter was learning this. And what an amazing thing. God's timing is always right. You know, why at this point in time did Peter need to learn this lesson and to be challenged and to be tested (laughs) by this and, oh, what's the right answer? And, oh, it wasn't the right answer. But he learned in such an important timing because as soon as that happened, let's see if I can find it quickly here. What God has cleansed, you, you must not call common. Now, this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. The next verse, at that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Mm -hmm. And these were men coming to him. And and Peter was going to go to their home because the Spirit of God had told this man to go and find Simon Peter and that Simon Peter would tell him the good news. He would tell him about Christ. Everything is timed. The work has been done by the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why it is so important for us. This is what being a Christian is. It's submitting your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and not following our own traditions, our own way of thinking, our own propensities, but literally giving our lives. And it's going to be difficult. There's going to be those times like Corey said, but this is a test. What is the right answer? Don't pull away. Let God test you and he will bring you through it as long as you keep your life in submission to his plan and his will and his way. Phones are amazing. They're, they just go everywhere with you. and They're smart and everything else. And you can get this program on your phone regularly. You simply go to your store and buy the application Bible Discovery, Bible Discovery TV. That's what you do. And it has our programs on it. You can watch the program, this program, on your phone. Let's pray now. Father, help us today to develop trusting and active understanding of who you are and how you want us to live. In Jesus' name. And we said together, Amen.